Hello and God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I am so glad that you are here. As we are starting the new year, lately I've been thinking about health a lot. And why wouldn't I? As a health coach, health is always on my mind. And I've been thinking a lot about uh, what does health or what does being healthy mean for many women? This past week, I put out a survey in my community to the ladies, and I asked what were some of the health challenges or issues that they were facing? Some of them shared that mental health issues such as depression and anxiety were a concern for them. For other women, it was physical health concerns. And so from the varied responses that I received, health encompasses who we are in our totality, in our body, and our soul and our spirit. I want to share what health looks like from a biblical perspective, because being healthy is a spiritual matter. And so today I want to share what it means to be healthy for a higher purpose. And in today's show, what you hear may surprise as well as enlighten you. Let's get to it. When it comes to women's health, there's an overwhelming amount of information out there, and honestly, it can be quite confusing. Diets, fats, trends, which one is right? What if I told you the answers to optimal health can be found in one of the most ancient medical books ever written, the Bible. If you're ready to take the guesswork out of living a healthier life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally Show. I'm Rakesia McMillan honorably retired Air Force veteran, certified health coach, and award-winning author. After years of trying to recover my health the world's way, I was still sick, depressed, and had no energy. Finally, I surrendered to God, and He showed me in the Bible how to recover my health, and it rocked my world naturally. My calling is to help women who are struggling and burnout to have more energy and lose weight by using God's prescription for physical, mental, and spiritual health. If you're ready to experience extraordinary health, grab your favorite herbal tea or power smoothie, and let's get ready to rock your world naturally. During my prayer time this morning, one of the things that I make a practice of is I make scripture affirmations over my life, over my family, my finances, ministry, the work that God has called me to do because the Bible shares that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So I'm an early riser, rise up early in the morning to start my day, to command my morning by speaking life-giving words over every area of my life. Because words that are rooted and grounded in the word of God help to set the tone for the day. It also invites God and the Holy Spirit into our day. And as I was praying this morning, one of the affirmations that really caught my attention this morning was, make me a steward of your holy temple, my body, and all these things you've given me as a priest in your temple. And when I prayed, that specific affirmation this morning, it tugged at my heart 
prompting me to know that the Holy Spirit wanted me to go deeper with that. And the question that the Holy Spirit presented to me was, how do you view your body? Do you view your body as a holy temple? And how are you stewarding your body? And as I thought about these questions, I thought about the account of King Solomon when he built the temple. The original assignment was given to David, but God said because he had too much bloodshed on his hand from fighting all of the wars that he passed that assignment on to David's son Solomon. And the Bible gives a very detailed account of when King Solomon built the temple for God. It was for the purpose of housing the glory of God, the presence of God. Um, it was a very sacred and a holy place where the priest had the responsibilities in managing the temple. It was a place of worship. It was a place of great opulence. I mean, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful that people travel from far lands to look at this magnificent architectural divine structure that King Solomon had built. The Bible lets us know that when the Queen of Sheba came to visit King Solomon, and when she saw the temple and those who were serving in the temple, the Bible says that she had no more spirit in her or it literally took her breath away. She was like, oh my goodness, the half of what I heard was not even told to me. Your servants are happy. This is truly a work of the true and the living God. And because she looked at that temple and she made a statement about the true and the living God by the very appearance of the temple and what she saw. And if we think about that in our own lives, ladies, that when people look at us, can they see the reflection and the glory of God as the living, breathing, walking temples of the living God? In Revelation, the Bible shares that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And when it comes to stewardship, oftentimes, you know, that's only equated to finances, whether we're being good and faithful stewards over tithing, whether we're being good stewards over giving offerings. But stewardship, it also relates to how we are managing our temples, our physical bodies. And in the Old Testament, when the priests were anointed to fill this office, they approached and they handled the temple with great care, with great reverence. It was a place where they continually bought sacrifices to offer up of the, to the Lord as an act of worship. And when Christ came, the Bible says that the glory of God would no longer have to dwell in tabernacles that were made by hands, but we, as the sons and the daughters of God, we are now those tabernacles. We are now those temples where we house the very presence and the very glory of God. 
And so when we mention stewardship, stewardship comes with responsibility. Stewardship comes with accountability concerning how we are caring for our temples. And the priest, when they were managing the duties of the temples, it was essential to the worship of the true and the living God. The temple, it was a sacred place for the Israelites. The Israelites' priests, they made sure that they were offering sacrifices on behalf of the people to God. They were in the very presence of Yahweh. And so when it came to the temple, the temple attracted Israelites for centuries. It was the cornerstone of their relationship with God. And so based on the Old Testament teachings, people were raised with firm convictions that a priest was necessary in their relationship with God. The priest was the go-between or an intercessor between man and God. And they believed that it was necessary because of the holiness of God. And the priests, they had the responsibilities of teaching, such as the law. They were responsible for sanctifying the temple. They were responsible for governing and carrying out those things that God wanted them to concerning the lives of the children of Israel. So they were teaching the word of God. They were sanctifying the temple. They were governing, meaning that they were controlling or following and carrying out what God wanted them to do. It was a place where prayer took place, meditation, sacrifice, and worship. Reflecting on 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, he asks, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You are brought with a price. So glorify God in your body. What this means is that our bodies, they are not our own, but they belong to God. And in this epistle or this writing, to the Corinthians, Paul was making it clear that it was essential for us to keep our temples holy, to keep our temples pure, because Paul encourages us to remember that our bodies, they don't belong to us, but they belong to God. And thinking about when Solomon built that temple unto the Lord, there were certain gates that allowed entry and access to the temple. Visitors were allowed to come in. Um, they had entrances for the priests to enter in. Um, they had watchmen who were watching on the wall who made sure that there were not any um, threats that were coming against the safety and the security of God's people. And so I want you to think about your physical body as a temple, a holy temple that God is also designed with gates, with our physical body, 
that has to be guarded. It has to be kept and secured so that we can protect our spiritual, physical, and emotional health. Because the Bible, Bible reminds us that a city without walls that's broken down without walls is a dangerous thing because any and everything can come in and out of the city without any protection. And so if we are the holy temple, if we are the living, breathing, walking sanctuaries of the living God, then we must at all costs protect the gates of our temples so that we can be the healthiest version of who God called and created us to be. And so I shared, I want to share a little bit about being healthy for a higher purpose and tying this all in, specifically focusing on the fact that we are the temples of the living God. And just like Solomon, the temple that he built, it had a certain number of gates to it. Our bodies, our temples, we actually have 13 gates that we know of readily. There may be more, but today I'm just going to focus on the 13 gates. And I want to share and cover how those 13 gates are connected to our overall health. And so, as I shared earlier, some of the things that you may hear may surprise or either enlighten you. I'm going to get on some sensitive topics here, but it is necessary for us to walk in the divine health that God wants us to. And so, envisioning your body as a holy, temple of God that has 13 specific gates. And we want to make sure that we are protecting, that we are guarding the gates of these temples. Because if we don't secure the gates, then our health spiritually, physically, emotionally will be impacted in a negative way And ultimately, it can destroy our physical temple. And so I'm going to list the 13 gates of our physical body. And then I'm going to talk about how these gates correlate to our health and how God wants us to be healthy for a higher purpose. So we start off with our two eyes which are our eye gates. We have our two ears, our ear gates. We have our mouth. We have our two nostrils. And then we have our genitalia. We also have the anal area. We have our hands and our feet, which are also gateways. And these gates are greatly connected to our calling to being healthy for a higher purpose. And so I'll start with the two eye gates. And there's a saying that our eyes are the gateway to our soul. 
Um, we are living in a time where there's so much visual stimulation that we are exposed to, whether it is the TV, whether it is social media, what we see greatly impacts our thinking. There's the statistic that says that 3.2 billion images and 720,000 hours of video are shared online daily. Wow, that is an incredible amount of information that is being set before our eyes. So how can we discern between what is real and what is fake? There's a saying that says, seeing is believing, but sometimes what we see is not always true. We know that we are living in a time of misinformation when um, information is accidentally shared that's not true. Um, and so we have to be very mindful, whether it's fake photos, fake videos that are being presented before our eye gates on a daily basis. And there's so much corruption, so much falsehood that our sisters are succumbing to via social media or TV that is impacting the mental health and spiritual well-being of God's people. And I have to say this, ladies, because these are things that God also speaks to my heart about. And so know that as I'm sharing them with you, that he's also speaking to me as well. If we are spending more time looking at social media than we are looking at the word of God, the holy scriptures, then it's time to take an assessment because the word of God is the only truth that remains in this earth. And so we have to protect and guard our eye gates. Social media, binge TV, these are vices from the enemy to keep you distracted from drawing closer to God and walking in his purpose. And so as your health coach, I want to challenge you. If you are spending more time on social media than studying the word of God, then it's time to make an adjustment. When I mentioned that word stewardship earlier, that also involves time management. That we should not know more about what is going on in the secular world than we do than what is going on in the kingdom of God. Some of us know more about what is going on in the secular world. We can list it, we can name it. But if we ask questions regarding the scriptures, sad to say that there is a great disconnect there because we're not reading our Bibles. We're not spending time with Jesus. We're not fellowshipping with God the way that we need to. The Bible is how we are to live. And so we have to ask ourselves the questions, how much do we know about the Bible, which is our blueprint for living? Because if we are allowing the influence of our decisions to be made by social media influencers versus God, 
who is our primary source of direction, that is a form of idol worship. There's no other way to put it. When we are relying on others and what they're saying. Now, I do believe that the Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Absolutely. We should get counsel from others. But the one main true voice that must stand out above all other voices is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because anything other than that is idol worship in the male or female form. And it all starts by what we are seeing. And so we must guard and protect our eye gates, which are part of our temple. The third and the fourth gates are our ear gates. The ear gates of our temple, they're deeply connected to our eye gates because what we see, we're going to hear some things behind that. So what we're listening to, even in the form of music, what we are watching on television, what we are allowing to speak into our ear gates, asking, is it something that would be pleasing to the Holy Spirit or is this going to grieve the Holy Spirit? When we are lending our ear gates to gossip or ungodly conversations, things that are not that are not aligned with the scriptures when we're watching negative television and our ear gates are wide open we're being flooded with all kind of toxicity that is polluting our temple knowing that there wasn't just anything and everything that could come up into the temple but it had to be cleansed. And so if we're not careful, if we are continually filling up our ears with things that are outside of the truth, it's going to become very hard to discern truth from reality. And we will begin believing lies from the enemy over the truth of God. And so we must be intentional how about a week or so ago, I shared that God is saying that he wants us to be intentional in 2023. So what we're listening to, we have to be intentional about, if you have an audio Bible, listening to the word of God, listening to messages that are of sound doctrine, listening to worship and praise and playing that throughout your home, being intentional about engaging in, co- in positive conversations And so this is something that should be going on on a regular basis concerning what we are hearing. With 2023 being the year of intention or a time of intention as women, we must be intentional about what we allow into our ear gates. We must be intentional about what we are listening to. And if you find that there are things that you've been listening to that are toxic, Ask God to give you the strength to lay those things down because they are impacting your mental and your spiritual health. The fifth gate is the mouth gate. And so the mouth gate of our temple, as I shared earlier, 
that in the morning time, one of the things that um, God has led me to do is to make um, scripture affirmations over my life, over my family, my children, the work that I do, because doing that invites God into my day. It sets the tone for the day. The Bible says that we have to set a watch over our mouths. And when we're setting a watch over our mouths, this is a form of prayer. And so if we're not filling our mouths with the word of God and speaking the word of God, or when we're speaking negative words, it is going to impact our overall health. Because when we're speaking negative words, it creates a negative pull on our soul that is connected to our mind. It begins to draw negative things into our lives. And it, it starts this spiral, this downward negative spiral of things that are being attracted to our lives. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There is a mouth-heart connection. And so what we're speaking, what we're saying, are we speaking blessings or cursings? Or are we speaking profanity? Are we using curse words? Or are we speaking fruitful, life-giving words over our children, over our loved ones? As daughters of the king, what we are allowing to come out of our mouths matters. And also in the area of the mouth gate, it also has to do with our eating. In the book of Genesis, God made it clear concerning the plan for food and the purpose for food. And so what we are eating and what we're drinking is deeply rooted in our spiritual life. In the book of Genesis, in the first chapter, on the third day of creation, in verses 11 and 13, God said that he wanted the earth. He called the earth to bring forth um, grass, herb-yielding seeds, the fruit-yielding trees. He asked the trees to bring forth the seeds of themselves that were upon the earth. And so he set this out. He created vegetation. He created fruit trees and grass even before he created man, because he knew that we were going to need plant life to be able to sustain us. And so we see from this scripture here that God sets out a definition for food. It's plain and simple. Anything that comes from the earth, from the ground, any herb yielding seed, any tree that yields fruit, this is what God deemed as food for man to eat, to eat. And in Genesis 1:29, in that same chapter, after he created man on the sixth day, he actually told them, he said, I've given you every herb bearing seed, which is on the face of the earth, every tree in that which is fruit, a tr um, trees that are yielding seeds. This is meat for you. 
This is meat for you. This is meat for the animals that I created. This is meat for the fowls of the air that I created. This is all for you. And so if we look around today and we take God's definition of food as outlined in the scriptures, much of what we see today in our grocery stores, our supermarkets is not really food. It's a food particle or a food item because it's been so processed. So if we, for instance, if we take a potato chip, it's a derivative of a potato, but it has changed from the original form of that food. It's pulled out all of the nutrients. It's pulled out all of the life. And so remember that God is the life force of all creation. Everything that came out of God is life. So the plants, the trees, the water, the earth, they all have life within them. Even rocks, if you put them under a certain um, special equipment, you can actually hear rocks making sounds. That's because they came out of the very essence of God who is life. And so God is life. And again, everything that came out of him carries his life-giving power. So the plants carry God's life-giving power. And so when we're eating plant-based foods, we're eating of that life. We're partaking of that life. We're partaking of that energy. But food that's been processed, food that has been stripped of its nutrients actually has no life in it at all. And because we are living beings, God wants us to eat life-giving food, not food that is lifeless, which processed food is all lifeless food. And so thinking about food and our mouth gate and how God wants us to be healthy for a higher purpose If we're eating foods that are full of death, that have no energy, it will affect our spiritual life. And I want to take a moment just to kind of share, if we think about food in our spiritual life, the first sin that was committed on the face of the earth involves food with Adam and Eve partaking of the fruit, the forbidden fruit that God told them not to partake of. There was the tree of life that produced fruit that yielded everlasting life to whoever ate it. And so that fruit was so powerful that after the fall, that God barred Adam and Eve from even accessing it because he didn't want them to live forever under the weight of their sin and their shame, which shows the mercy of God. And then the tree of knowledge, it was similar to the rest of the trees in that it was pleasant to the sight, it was good for food. And so we don't really know what kind of fruit it was, but we know that it was prohibited because God knew that it would destroy their innocence, their purity, It would introduce shame, guilt, and bring spiritual death to their lives. Because God told Adam, he said, if you ate, eat it, you would surely die. And so we fast forward even to the New Testament 
in the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter, that the first temptation that Jesus faced involved food. Satan told Jesus, he said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus responded, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So there is a spiritual connection between our eating and our health. And so just as Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, after he overcame the temptation, the Bible says that he went forth preaching in his ministry. He went forth selecting disciples who were to work alongside of him. He went forward in his healing ministry. He went about Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was healing all manner of sickness, all manner of disease among the people. The Bible says his fame went throughout all of Syria. And those who were sick, those who were tormented of diseases and demons, who were possessed, those who were lunatics, those who had palsy, he healed them. And they followed him in great multitudes from Galilee to Decapolis, from Jerusalem to Judea, and even beyond Jordan. And so these are examples of how there's a connection with food and being called to live healthy for a higher purpose. That Jesus, he came in human form but he was called for a higher purpose to preach, to make disciples, to bring healing in his immediate communities and the body of Christ. There is a great disconnect because we have not thought about food impacting our spiritual walk with God. God told Adam and Eve that in the day that they ate the fruit that was forbidden, that they would surely die, not a physical death, but there was a spiritual death And so it shows that there's a connection between our spiritual health and our physical health. Could it be that you might be spiritually stagnated in your life because of the way that you are eating? The relationship that we have with food has a tremendous impact on our spiritual growth. Because if we're eating processed foods with sugar, chemical additives, um, food products, food items that are not filled with God's life-giving power, where it's just one ingredient. It just comes from the ground. It comes from the earth. That, That type of food that will fill us with strength, that will fill us with vitality, And on the other hand, if we're eating pastries, if we're eating sugary or processed foods, those foods help us to or cause us to become more anxious. They cause us to be more scattered. They cause us to lack concentration. But if we want to go farther in our spiritual walk with God, I want to encourage you and challenge you to consider what you are eating according to God's plan and what you are actually putting in your mouth gate. 
because there's a, a profound doorway that leads to spiritual growth because of how we are experiencing food. Food brings life, it brings energy, it brings vitality. And so the food that God has created, it is a blessing. It is the nourishment, it is the fuel, it is the vitality that God wants us to experience. And so God is a spirit and everything on earth that is living contains his very essence, his very life. And so living food, when it's released into our bodies, it releases many elements that need to build good, healthy, cellular health. And if we're eating junk food, if we're putting that into our mouth gate, then we're going to bring on sickness. Emotionally, if we're eating processed food, this causes our mind to be scattered. No good thing comes from that because there's a calmness, there's a centeredness, there's a peace that comes when we're eating foods from the ground because it shows that they are that scientifically, they even ground us. And so it's, impacting the emotional level. Psychologically, food definitely does affect our thoughts. It affects our emotions. Um, and if we're eating food that is healthy for us, it's going to nourish the body. It's going to feed the mind. But if we're inputting um, unhealthy foods into our body, or unhealthy mental information, as I was sharing with the eye gates, the ear gates, it's going to cause us to become cluttered, confused, unhealthy thoughts, negative emotions, worry, um, lack of sleep, restlessness. It actually affects our nervous system. And so all of these things are impacted by what we put in the mouth gate. And one of the greatest examples that I love that clearly show this is, is found in the book of Daniel, the first chapter, when Daniel was faced with a decision that involved food. And it was when Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah and his friends, they had been taken into captivity by the Babylonian nation um, because of the sin that the children of Israel had committed because they were non-repentant. They had not um, submitted to the, the will of God. And so they were taken captive. And so at the time, the king that reigned over them, Nebuchadnezzar said that he wanted to find um, children who were without blemished they had to be well-favored, full of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. They had to have an understanding of the sciences. And they had to have the ability to stand in the king's palace because they wanted to teach them um, the Chaldean ways at that time. And so Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they were to undergo a period of three years of eating and drinking 
things that were from the king's table. Now, this was a, a pagan nation where they offered food unto idol gods. Um, it was unclean food according to the Levitical law that Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah followed. And they purposed in their heart that they would not defile themselves with the king's meat or the wine. They wouldn't drink it. And so the Enoch at the time was going to serve them the food from the king's table. But Daniel said, no, just give us 10 days. If you would just allow us to drink water and to eat pulse, which was fruits, vegetables, legumes. Um, it was a clean diet. It was from the fruits of the earth, as I shared a little bit earlier. And he said, just give us 10 days and we want to prove that eating this way is so much better. You'll see. And so after the 10 days, they were fairer. The Bible says that they were fatter. Um, they had clearer skin. All of these different benefits came when they chose to eat God's way. And so when the king proved them, they said that they found no one who was greater in wisdom and understanding than these men because they were skilled in the wisdom of God. They could interpret dreams. And the Bible says that, that the king found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in their same capacity. And so this shows us that there is a certain uh, clarity that comes when we are eating healthy. There is a certain wisdom. There's a certain spiritual flow of the anointing of God on your life that will come when we're eating according to what God would want us to do. And so these men decided to keep their temples pure in their eating through their mouth gate, what they were putting in. And so what we're eating, what we're drinking, what we're watching, what we're setting before our eyes, what we're listening to. And so we ask the question, what are we allowing to infiltrate or enter into our holy temple? In the sixth and the seventh gate, our nostrils. The nostril gates has to do with our breathing. It has to do with the breath. How the Bible says that God breathed the breath of life into man and he became a living soul. And what we are inhaling into our bodies either brings life or brings sickness. We have environmental toxins um, it has been noted as one of the leading causes of sickness in our generation, mostly coming from indoor toxins, what we are cleaning our homes with, what is in the environment, what we're using to clean our offices. And so what we are exposed to environmentally when we inhale this, it is critical to keeping our temples healthy, changing to toxic Changing from toxic cleaners to non-toxic is necessary. Being outside in the fresh air 
helps to cleanse the body. If we think about how God created an Adam and Eve, the Bible says that God actually placed them in the Garden of Eden. And he placed them in this wide open space of nature that was surrounded with beautiful trees and plant life. And the Bible says that that was for a specific reason. There had to be a strategic reason of why God placed them in the garden, whether that was to nourish them in a healthy way. Um, But the Bible clearly does say that God put Adam in the garden. And so scientific studies show that being out in nature, it naturally cleanses and purifies our blood. It helps to regulate our emotions as well as decrease anxiety and other mental health issues such as depression. And many women today are not getting outside as much as we used to because of devices such as TV, social media, becoming couch potatoes. And so going outside and breathing in the fresh air, it will cost us nothing but our time and attention to breathe deeply, to cleanse and to keep our bodies fresh and purified. And this um, next gate, that I'll talk about, I'll cover eight and nine together, which involves a sensitive topic. We're talking about our genitalia as well as the anal area. And there are many women that may be embarrassed to talk about sensitive health issues involving these gates, but the only way to overcome and to experience better health in these areas is that we have to start talking about and having these conversations because this is this is part of life. And so there are many health issues that women may face, whether it's hemorrhoids, abscesses, fissures, cancer, um, even in the form of uh, the genitalia, whether that's um, bacteria, vaginitis, vaginal pain, discolored discharge, odors. So many women don't know or don't realize that what they are eating and drinking impacts your health. Practicing unhealthy lifestyle habits or even engaging in sexual sin leads to many of these issues. And again, it may be an area that you may be embarrassed to talk about, but the conversations are necessary. As women, we are his holy temples, and he wants us to guard and protect every gate at all costs, because when we don't, it's going to impact our overall health as women. And so keeping our our temples pure is what God wants. And so it takes us having an honest reflection of where we're at before God. And if there are changes that need to be made, that taking action to make those changes is necessary so that we can move forward into the destinies that God has for us. Because being healthy is for a higher purpose. If we're not guarding 
the gates that I'm sharing on today, it's going to impede and impact our health. And it's going to prevent us from doing what God wants us to do for the kingdom of God. It's going to hinder us. It's going to stagnate us. It's going to stifle us. And so just like Solomon had watchmen who were standing at those gates to bring about protection, to bring about warnings of anything that would threaten the safety and the security of the temple. Is there anything that is going on in your life right now that is jeopardizing or threatening the safety and the security of your holy temple that God has created. The 10th and the 11th gates are our hands. And God created our hands to do things and to work and to advance the kingdom of God. God thinks that hands are so important that the word hand appears 1,466 times in the Bible. And the plural word hands appears 462 times. Bible news writes about the meaning of human hands. They share, God made the hands and placed his stamp of approval upon them. He gave each hand a unique identity. No two sets of fingerprints are the same, but do the fingerprints reveal anything other than strange patterns? Each hand has five fingers, the number of grace. Four fingers are weak, but the addition of the thumb provides strength, which is an illustration of grace, just as the Lord rules over the four seasons. And so, ladies, we have got work to do for the kingdom of God. What do you spend your time doing with your hands? Are you building or tearing down? The Bible says that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish woman tears it down. And we want to be women who are building the kingdom of God with our hands with the hands that he's blessed us with, these hands that are part of our temple to worship him, to pray, to intercede on behalf of others. He wants us to use our hands to war in spiritual warfare. He wants us to use our hands to feed ourselves with nourishing food, with nourishing liquids. He wants us to use our hands to be diligent about our father's business. Because by using our hands, he wants us to be bringing glory and honor to his name. Are we using our hands to help or to harm? Even when it comes to our children, are we using our hands to nurture them? Are we using our hands to pray for them? Are we using our hands to teach them? using our hands in the way that the scriptures tell us to. 
God wants us to lay hands on the sick and to raise the dead, to cast out demon spirits to those who are bound and troubled, those who are tormented. Our hands were created by God to glorify him, to bring honor to his name. The final gates, the 12th and the 13th, are our feet gates. Where we walk and where we go in life matters to God because our feet are very symbolic. They're a symbol of traveling to bring the good news to others. The foot is mentioned 239 times in the Bible. And in biblical times, most people, they walked barefoot, they wore sandals. Um, so wherever they walked, their feet were actually exposed on the road. And even today in most Middle Eastern cultures, when someone enters into a home or into a worship space, they remove their shoes. And one of the basic acts of hospitality in these cultures is to wash the feet of guests who have arrived. And usually the person who is the lowest member of the household servant gets the duty of washing other people's feet. And I don't know if some of you are from Baptist um, churches or backgrounds, but I remember as a little girl that my grandfather used to have feet washing ceremonies uh, in the church. And so even when we were younger, we would wash each other's feet. And so thinking about the foot washing, that during the Last Supper, Jesus makes a very startling move to his disciples. This was a special um, Passover celebration. They were in the upper room. He got up from the table. He put on a servant's apron and he washed his disciples' feet. And Peter was shocked by Jesus's actions. He was ashamed and he said, Lord, you, you'll, you can never wash my feet. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, if I don't wash your feet, then you don't belong to me. And this is in St. John, the 13th chapter, this account. And Peter understood what Jesus was saying. But he was saying, Lord, don't wash my feet only, but wash my hands and my head too. And Jesus lovingly corrected Peter. And he made it clear that he wanted to wash the disciples' feet to show him the importance of what it meant to serve, to serve his disciples. He said, you call me teacher and you're right because that's who I am. But because I'm your Lord and your teacher and I've washed your feet, then you must also wash one another's feet. And so Jesus used that daily task. He turned it into a teachable moment because he wanted to teach them to serve one another. So as women, we must be swift with our feet to walk in love, serving, caring, covering our sisters 
because this is what God has called us to do in love and humility. Being healthy is so much more than what we see with the natural eye. The 13 gates to our temple that I shared today are greatly connected to our calling to be healthy for a higher purpose. Jesus demonstrated this in his very own life. He denied himself of certain food for a specific time. And after his time of being alone with the Father in a desert place, he walked in power and authority in his ministry. As women, God wants us to look at this example and to know that our call to be healthy is totally for the kingdom of God. There are so many people who are oppressed, who are hurting, who are broken, and we must be in good health in order to reach these women, our sisters. The calling to live healthier for a higher purpose was also evident with Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah who refused to allow anything unclean to come into their holy temples. And because of that, God used these men mightily for their time and for their nation. And God wants to use you mightily as a woman of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 reminds us, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 24, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Being healthy in body, soul, and spirit is a calling. And to help you move into better health, I'm offering my free guide, Healthy for a Higher Purpose. You can visit me at rakesiamcmillancommunity.com for your free gift because being healthy is connected to your higher purpose and that purpose is for the kingdom of God. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I pray that it blessed and challenged you to move towards living the abundant life that God has for you. If so, Would you stop right now to share this episode with someone who has been praying to improve their health spiritually, physically, or emotionally? I would love it if you could take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know that you're liking the show. Also, it rocks my world to hear from you. Lastly, come on over to my free community, rakesiamcmillancommunity.com, to grab your free gifts. I have everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses, or connecting. Also, head over to rakesiamcmillan.com to explore my health products and sign up for my free complimentary health coaching. My prayer for you will always be 3 John 2. My beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.